0: And I want to talk today just from this verse that uh, Paul hinted at at the end there, from Matthew Gospel, chapter 28, what we call the Great Commission. Verse 19 says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, we need to have an understanding that we are sent as a church. We need to have an understanding that we are people who are called to mission, to movement, to people who say, well, you know, as I live my life, that, that I'm called to, to carry uh, this sense of God's commission upon me. The commission that God gave us is not just to the church uh, institutional, it's to the church individual. It's to the people of God it's to each one of us that we might understand and know what god has called us to be and to do it's been an amazing week in our nation and we've seen people on a mission all over the place with with an agenda with a passion with a desire and some of that we've agreed with and some lots of it we haven't but but you have to know and understand they had a purpose and the truth is the church has a purpose The church has a mission. We are a movement. Uh, And you know, the trouble is, I remember when um, uh, I was at Bible college, David Tinian, one of our old Eden pastors, we we all remember, he he, he said this, it starts with a move of the spirit, and then it becomes a movement of of the Lord, and if we're not very careful, it can become a monument. I remember thinking, wow, isn't that true? It starts with a move of God in your life. You come to faith. You, you uh, come into an experience of the goodness of God. You understand personally, yet you've been saved and changed. And there's a movement that comes out of that, a movement of giving your life to Christ, a movement of seeking to serve Him, a movement of seeking to uh, uh, make a difference in this world for the purposes of God. We talked about it last week, following Him, taking hold of it. But if we're not careful, we, we want to settle down, and all of a sudden, we're looking for monuments, <laughs> things that add significance to us, things that make us feel better about ourselves. And God's called us to be people who are moving, uh, moving with him are on mission with him. Jesus has called us to live with purpose, to go into the world and share this message of life. That was the heart of God. John 3.16 is a missionary verse. For God so loved the world that he gave His only son. So whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came because he was on a mission to save and change lives. And you see that in the scriptures the whole way through it, right from the beginning of Genesis, when God comes to Abraham and says, I'm going to make you a blessing to yourself. No, to all nations. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. How many of you know God wants to bless every nation? Not just Britain or Europe, every nation. He's a heart for the people of the world. He's bigger than we understand. His vision is greater than our own. And when we come and join the kingdom of God, he says, come on, I want you to have a global understanding. Actually, I care for the world. We used to sing a song, Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. I'm not going to go on further. It was all very simple, do you know what I mean? But friends, it's true. How you to know? Jesus doesn't see color today. He just sees people. Jesus doesn't hear accents today. He just hears the cry of people's hearts. Come on. And, and if our Lord and Savior sees that, then how much more should we as his people see what he's got to, uh, called us to see? Paul says this, it's like we are Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us, we implore you, on God's behalf, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What an amazing picture, especially in these days, when ambassadors are resigning. And everybody else is, wow, what's going on? And we're all a bit unsure of what's happening. We need to remember, we are Christ's ambassadors. And I don't want to talk a little bit today about what it means to go. What it means to go, three things, very simply. I don't know what time it is, but we haven't got much time because we're moving going means having a sense of being sent see you can go to the other side of the world geographically and not have any understanding of being sent or you can walk into the marketplace of derby and say i've come in the name of jesus it's all about having an understanding of what god's doing it's not about geography friends it doesn't matter whether it's Zimbabwe or Britain it doesn't matter whether it's France or Finland it doesn't matter where you find yourself what matters is is do you have an understanding that you're sent by God when you go to work tomorrow you're sent by God he says go into the world he, he you know Jesus wasn't necessarily saying that you have to go everywhere and take on that responsibility to be a missionary no he was saying where you go you are a missionary Where you walk, you are someone who who is sent by God. Where you go, he goes. And so we have to take that understanding of ourselves. See, when you feel sent somewhere, you have a responsibility. You know, when I get sent out, I went to India early in the year. Uh, The church released me to go. The elders released me to go. We paid for a conference. I was sent by the church to go. And being sent by the church means I, I have to live in a particular way. I can't just turn up and say, oh, I don't fancy preaching today. Can I just not go and see something interesting? There's responsibility that comes with it. There's privilege because I got to go to India. I had curry for breakfast, dinner tea. (laughs) Hallelujah. Freshly cooked by these two guys who came in every day, bought it fresh from the market in, so amen, praise Jesus. But it meant that I sat in a car for six hours to get to a little village where nobody had heard the gospel and sit on the floor with the children and say, Jesus loves you. Because there comes the responsibility as well as the privilege. And we need to have that sense of being sent wherever we go. You know, because we lose the sense of movement when it all becomes about the professionals. The people who are missionaries, the people who are appointed to do that kind of thing, the people who are evangelists. You know, we all say, well, I'm not an evangelist. Paul says, you don't have to be an evangelist, but still do the work of an evangelist. Always be prepared to give everybody an answer for the hope you have within you. Here's a big problem, church. Many of us are not overflowing with hope. Come on. We put our hope in other things. Let's be real. Let's be real. Some of us have lost the hope of our salvation. Some of us have forgotten it. Sometimes you have to stir it up in you. You know, sometimes you need to get alone with the Lord and and read the first few verses of Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise His holy name. But if only, Lord, you'd fix this. It doesn't say that. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, not your benefits, His benefits, the benefits that He pours out upon you, who heals all your sins and forgives you, heals all your uh, sicknesses and forgives all your sins, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. And you know what? By the time you've got through that verse a few times, you're starting to feel, hey, maybe the Lord's got his hand on me after all. Why? Because I'm having to be real with myself. See, sometimes, friends, the reality of life crashes in on us, and we have to remind ourselves that we don't just live in the reality of this world, but we live as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. I just had to apply for a new passport. Passport. And, um, you know, I, I kind of sent all, you know, took all, I got Matt to co-sign it. I had my photo taken. You know, the one you look like a criminal in. <laughs> Honestly, I get to the border, I think I'm going to be lifted every time. <laughs> At least the old one had the mustache on, do you know what I mean? So you can imagine what that looked like it was like. Because <laughs> we have to get our identity checked and all of that stuff. And sometimes we forget our identity when it comes to living in the kingdom of God. Sometimes the face we present to the world is our passport face. (laughs) I'm a Christian, it's great, you should try it. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. It's no wonder they're not knocking down the doors, is it? I sometimes wonder how we've made the best message in the world such ordinary news. Why? Because we've forgotten that we've been sent out in the grace of God. We've been sent out in the life of the Spirit. We've been sent out by the King of Kings to do His work. We are Christ's ambassadors. We need to have that sense of being sent by Him. You know what? Sometimes we forget that, don't we? Sometimes we just have the attitude of, instead of being sent, it's, oh God, please get me through the day. Now listen, we can can say that, but I want you to know, the Bible teaches that even on your worst day, you have grace to give other people. Even on the day when all hell's breaking loose against you, if you can say, this one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see, then friends, even the most despairing people that you find are going to go, tell me about this, Jesus. Jesus. But if in your mind you forget your scent, then what happens is it all becomes about you. And we stop singing the songs because it's not about him anymore. Or we sing the song with repetition rather than with worship. Because we're afraid to strip back to the real us and cry out to God. Because we're afraid maybe our cries won't be heard or maybe God's not big enough to deal with the fear that overcomes our hearts. And so we brave it out and we pretend it's going to be okay. And God says, no, I've sent you. When you have a sense of being sent, it challenges you about where you're going and why you're going. See, when you're sent, you don't do the same things. When you work for a company, you take on the you take on the life of that company, there's certain behaviors you can't do. Even as volunteers now, we say to them, if you're volunteering for us, there's things you can't do. And yet, friends, friends sometimes we walk out of church and we live in such a way that would just bring disgrace to Jesus. I'm not talking about sin. I, I, you know what? Hey, we, just, we, we took this this morning because Jesus paid for our sin. If anybody didn't need communion this morning, well, that's up to you. But I know I needed the grace of God for my life. I know I needed to know that my sins were forgiven. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about something that we just forget that we've been sent. And we think it's all about us. When actually he's called us to serve him. And to follow him and to live for him. Going means having an attitude that says I've been sent by the Lord. When we lose that attitude, I think we miss a major part of what it means to follow Christ. Christ. And I think our Christianity becomes incredibly self centered and miserable. There, I said it. Because it becomes about what we can get, not about what we can give. And there is a craziness for experience that has overflowed into our world that we judge our faith and our experience of God by how we feel friends we should believe what we believe because it's by faith not by feelings there are so many Christians today you will not see here because their feelings have told them that Jesus has let them down friends faith should tell them that Jesus is enough for them I'm sorry but it should because we will never stand by our feelings Have you ever woken up one day and think, come on, everything's going to be great? Only to wake up two days later going. (laughs) See, feelings dominate our lives. And friends, the world encourages us to do that. But God calls us to live by faith, not by sight. So I want to remind you today, if you're going to be sent, you have to come back and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going, I'm sent out by you, and it will affect some of the decisions I make. Friends, it will. Friends, we can't kid ourselves, and we talked about it last night, we can't kid ourselves that Christianity is a self-fulfillment plan. Somebody said to me the other day, and I think it's a fascinating insight into the life of the church, they said 30 years ago, the most common quoted verse in church was, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, the most quoted verse in church, and you're going to laugh when I tell you, is Jeremiah 29 verse 10, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you hope and a future, plans not to harm you. Now, that's absolutely true, friends, but isn't it interesting how the focus has shifted from God to us? Don't you find that fascinating? Because if I'm honest, I've done that a bit. How about you? Now, I know that's just a little snapshot. It's not, I wouldn't call it, you know, conclusive, but it does suggest that sometimes we become a bit more focused on us than we have the kingdom. And so we're sent out. Jesus said, I send you out as sheep among wolves. I send you out. Be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Innocent as doves, as shrewd as snakes. Sometimes I think we get them the wrong way around. We've got to learn, haven't we? We've got to grow. Because we're called to go. I'm not saying we're called to go to Africa or India or anywhere else, but we're certainly called to go outside wherever we go and to walk like people who are sent by God to do something for him. Listen, do you know what? It doesn't really matter what you do. Jesus said, if you give someone a cup of cold water in my name, you'll get a reward. It's going in his name that makes a difference. You see, uh, some of us look around and we say, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. We spend so long telling ourselves what we can't do, we don't think about the thing we can I haven't got that anointing. I haven't got that anointing. I haven't got that anointing. The Bible says you have an anointing, so just do it. If you're an anointing smiling, guess what? Smile. Now would be a good time. Come on. We've got to carry something from the Lord. I'm sent by Him. Secondly, going is about bringing good news. It's about bringing good news. Now, friends, you know, I've got a lot to say about this. I haven't got time. let me just say this folks it's good news jesus died and rose again for the sin of the world it's good news jesus is coming again it's good news jesus power breaks the chains of sin upon people's lives and sets them free it's good news isn't it amazing how do you remember what you were before you were saved Do you remember the stuff that used to go on? Do you remember the things that used to bind you? Do you remember the things that used to grip you? Do you remember the things that used to overwhelm you? And friends, Jesus has set you free. Your chains fell off. Yeah. It's okay. We can get excited. It's church. It's not politics or football. Let's get excited. And so we need to do that. You know, sometimes it's it's amazing, isn't it? We we have to understand that, friends. It's good news. We need to bring people good news. Friends, if you're not excited about Jesus, what Jesus has done for you today, can I suggest you've forgotten. You maybe need to go on a a walk with Jesus and just say, Lord, help me here. Sometimes I have to do that. Anybody else? I have to go on a walk with the Lord and say, "Ah, and he leads me beside quiet waters. And he makes me lie down in green pastures. And I'm saying, but God, I've got so much to do. And he says, like what? Well, all this stuff, yeah, yeah, that's really important, isn't it, Dave? Walk with me a bit. And he comes down and he walks. And all of a sudden, my soul begins to lift. Because the grace of God reaches me. because it's not by might or by power. It's not by my ability or my gifts. It's not by my personality or my charisma. It's by the Spirit of God working in me. It's by the Word of God bringing truth to me that life starts to change. But so often, we resist Him. Some of us need to find the joy of our salvation again. And you know, the truth is, there's no point doing anything else until the joy of your salvation's come back to you. Because that's all Jesus really cares about. How many of you know Jesus cares more about you than what you can do for him? We don't like it, friends. I hate it. But he said to Martha, only one thing is needed and you're not doing it. And she wanted to say, but if I wasn't doing it, we wouldn't be having any tea. And Jesus said, yeah, I can pull fish out of the sea at the command of my voice. What are you worried about? I can call the birds of the air and they'll come and get on the fire if I want them to. See, sometimes, friends, only one thing's needed and it's the last thing we're willing to do. Being sent means having good news to carry. And the truth, friends, if you've run out of good news for yourself, you haven't got good news for anybody else. Sometimes we have to find the good news again. Listen to this great verse. I was excited when I read this verse. Even read it to Matthew, I was so excited. i pay him, so he has to listen. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us, generously through jesus christ our savior so that having been justified by his grace we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life come on friends that's good news yeah that is a great verse friends if we could take hold of that verse and understand it man it, you know some of us we just need to read that titus chapter 3 verse 4 4 to 7 for you note takers sometimes we just need to meditate on the word of god he saved us friends Some of us have been saved so long, we've lost the joy. Some of us need to remember what Jesus has done for us. Some of us need to get along. with. I'm serious, friends. We need to get along with God and say, you know what, Lord? I want to bring good news. Do you ever get so negative you get tired of hearing yourself? Or is it just me? (laughs) The wife sensed. yeah, just you, mate. When, you know, I find something for myself moaning about this and this, and the, you know, I just I hear myself and I just say, "Oh, for goodness' sake, Dave, shut up!" Sometimes you have to fight that stuff, don't you? Oh Lord, the clouds are gathering. Do you know what I mean? That's just above my head. You have to start to declare, "This is who I am. This is who God. This is what Jesus has done for me." Sometimes you need to tell yourself your testimony just to encourage yourself. That you were far away from... Because, friends, if you're not carrying good news, how can you go? If it's all bad news for you... I, listen, I understand we walk through the valley of the shadow of, the, of death. I understand that. But listen to the next line. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Yes, it's, it's in the valley today. But, hey, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man alive, didn't he have a revelation of the goodness of God? In the midst of the valley, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the trials and circumstances of life, in the midst of the failure and the guilt of sin and being overcome by stuff, he says, you know what? Yes, I'm in the middle of the valley. Yes, people are trying to kill me, and they were. They weren't just gossiping about him. They were trying to kill him. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil. Surely, goodness and love. Prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. Free friends, when you get good news, you can give good news. If you don't have it, you can't give it. We need to rescue good news in our lives. I've got lots to say, but time's gone. Three ways we bring good news. One, through what we do. The Bible says we've been created to do good works in Jesus Christ. Listen, it's great that we're on mission and we do good things. It's absolutely vital, friends. Second way is through who we are. Jesus said, By this will all men know, you're my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. Friends, we have to foster love in our hearts towards people. It has to be because people see God in us when we love the unlovable. And I'm talking about the church. (laughs) I ain't talking about the world, I'm talking about the church. We need to have love for one another. Friends, I want you to ask this question, okay, because we live in a very sophisticated society that is very busy and everybody's rushing around doing lots of things. How are you loving, listen, it's you, how are you loving your brothers and sisters in Christ? I don't mean you walk in church on Sunday and go, morning, how are you? Nice to see you, had a good day. Great, bless you. Oh, off you go. How are you? You're great, bless you. I'm not saying that, friends. But, you know, we have to do that because there's 300 of us here and we, you know, we, can't, we can't just talk to everybody somebody wants to hug somebody I I hugged a German this morning I felt it was important do you know what I mean (laughs) because I tell you what we love I tell you what listen I'm serious we love having people from all nations here in our church don't we I mean we even sent Germans back to Germany (laughs) to bring the gospel but that was because we didn't didn't, because we love them I was talking to Dom today, uh, just two, two days ago, we were looking at each other, saying, man, life, things have changed, haven't they? Still love you, you big-haired German. <laughs> By this will all men know, you are my disciples if we love one another. Friends, it's got to be seen, especially in these days of isolation and drawing back. We have to be the church that loves one another. Isn't it great that he saved from every tribe and nation people who are belonging to him? Friends, I tell you now, the church in this nation would be half the size it was if it wasn't for the other nations of the world. Most of the growth in church life in England today that is keeping the church from shriveling up has come from the nations that are coming to our country. Because the truth is, there's not many white Anglo-Saxons being saved, or whatever we call I don't know. So here's the truth, friends. We need to be good news and we need to show love to everybody because that's what God's called us to do. I'm nearly done. No, I haven't. Well, we bring, sh- <laughs> just in another point, we bring good news by sharing the truth. Friends, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace and announce news of happiness. Friends, there comes a time when you have to share your faith. Has to be. Listen, we need to be able to share our faith. However, that's wrapped up, how, you know, and listen, you don't have to get all four points in at once. Just start with God loves you. Yeah, I know you're broken. Yeah, I know you're sinful. Yeah, I know you couldn't care less, but God still loves you. How do I know? Because He loves me and He's changed my life. Friends, if you start with that, you're going to see people hear the good news. But sooner or later, we have to, you know, we've become very good at doing mission, but we've forgotten how to do evangelism. There's a difference. very good at doing the right things. You know, there's been a total change in church over the last 20 years in my lifetime. You know, we've seen churches that have begun to be socially uh, responsible and caring for the poor and the marginalized and the difficult of our society. And that's going to carry on, folks. But the truth is sooner or later we have to say to someone, oh, by the way, we do this because we believe that Christ died for sin. Once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. We're pleading with people, be reconciled to God because he loves you. We need to be good news. And then thirdly, we need to rely on the promises of God. Man, if ever there's a day for that word, it's true now. We need to rely on the promises of God. Right at the end, Jesus says to him, surely I am with you always until the end of the age. You see, when you're on a mission, you learn to rely on the promises. Because they become activated by faith in your life. We need to believe the promises of God. Firstly, the two promises here, friends, I want you to take. Firstly, he's with us. He's with us. Surely I am with you, always. Whatever goes on in our life, we know this. This is one of the most common uh, verses, uh, promises in the Bible. His presence goes with us. He will not leave us or forsake us. He will not leave us as orphans. He comforts us. He's behind us and before us and surrounds us. His presence is everywhere. Listen, God comes for his people to surround them. We need to rely on that promise in our life. We need to have faith to keep following him we need to have faith to take hold of all that he has for us it's relying on his promises but friends his other promise is this he promises that he's going to come again we need to believe today in the second coming of jesus He said, until the very end of the age. He says, you know what? I am with you right until I come again and everything changes. Friends, it's the basic hope of the church. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we ought to be pitied above all men, Paul says. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those. Listen, the promise that we have to hold on to is Jesus is coming again. Why do we have to hold on to that? Because Wendy White, as she was being martyred on the field, shouted out, they can kill our bodies, but they cannot kill our souls. Because we believe in eternity with him. Friends, if we have not got reliance on that promise, we will not live with the restraint it takes to follow Jesus here. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. When you lose a sense of the coming of Christ and his redemption of the world, you stop living for that and you start living for something else. Oh, that's a bit heavy, isn't it? But friends, it's the truth. And the truth is, we know it's the truth. When I was growing up in Pentecostal churches, they had a very expectant sense that Jesus was returning. Some of us grew up in that context, It was like Jesus was coming back. None of us expected to get to 2000. Now we're in 2016. I used to have a guy in my church in Cheltenham growing up. Ken, we used to call him. What was his name? (laughs) We were clever in Cheltenham. And Ken was just, he was one of those guys who fits into church who couldn't go anywhere else because no one would accept him. He was, he was Ken. The Lord's, come. I mean, he had so many prophetic words about when the Lord was coming back. It would have been 1981, 85. We got past 85, it was 92. We got past 92, it moved on, do you know what I mean? Bless him, he was always having a prophecy about when Jesus was coming back, do you know what I mean? And we used to say, the Bible says, about dates and times, Ken, don't worry. Oh, I know, the Lord's coming back. But I'll tell you what, at least we live with an awareness that Jesus was coming. What's happened in the church today, friends, is most of us are just living for ourselves. We're living as if it's not coming, friends. We're living as if it's not important. We're living as if Jesus isn't coming again. And we lose a sense of revelation, and we cast off restraint. And we start to live for ourselves. And the most important thing becomes us and our family and whether we're well off. And every now and again, we watch a turn on the tap video and we recognize that actually we're still living in the top 2% of the world. and feel a bit guilty about it. But then we get back to ourselves. Why? Because we've forgotten that he's coming. That's the hope of the world, friends. Our gospel is without power if Jesus isn't coming again. All we have is a self-help program. Let's feel a bit better about ourselves, friends. Jesus comes and says, I'm calling you to take hold of life that is eternal. We have to rely on the promises of God. I'm sorry I've gone on. Bless you. But it says in Peter, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. That's the hope of the church. It's the hope of our lives. Going is about saying, Lord, Lord, Even though, Lord, it's tough today, even though, Lord, I'm walking through stuff, Lord, two promises keep me going. One, Lord, you're with me, and two, Lord, you're coming again for me. And so whether that's in my lifetime or in my great, 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 great grandchildren, Lord, I believe the promises that you've given to me. Stand with me, please. You know, if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, then I want to say to you, (laughs) all my enthusiastic talking at the front is just trying to say to you that God loves you. And he made a way that you can know his grace and his forgiveness through his son, Jesus. The Bible says, if you are willing to repent of your sin and put your trust in him, he will forgive you and give you new life, life that's eternal that we've just been talking about. Before you go today, I'd love you to come and maybe ask and talk to me about it. I'd love to pray with you for you to know the love of God that changes your life because he cares for you. He doesn't want you to live without him, but he made a way so that you can be reconciled to him. But for us, church, as we take on this great commission, this Mission Sunday, Then I just want you to open up your heart to the Lord this morning, just as we close. I want you to rekindle that sense of being sent by God into our world, that you might carry this message of reconciliation through how you live, through what you do, also through what you say. It's good news. Some of you need to remind yourself of the good news of Jesus. You need not to throw away your confidence, because it will be richly rewarded. Hang on to the promises of God. I am with you. I'm coming again, so that I will take you to be where I am. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your great presence here today. We thank you just as we sang and worship, just that overwhelming joy in our hearts Lord of who you are worthy is the lamb who was slain we thank you for our nation Lord and uh, for the freedom that we have to worship you and to praise your name we thank you for one another Lord that we are brothers and sisters in Christ and I pray your blessing upon each of us Lord as we seek to live Lord sent by you into the world Lord to bring the good news help us to rely on your promises